0: Jurassic Park 3 Minute. We'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel, one minute at a time. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And back, after uh, selecting these minutes to join us for, is Mr. J. Jurassic. Hello, sir.
1: What's up, guys? How you doing?
0: (laughs) It's been a little while. Welcome back. Glad to be back. Awesome. We've uh, we've got quite a bit to tackle in these next couple of minutes, so uh, before we get into that, just briefly, over at Jurassic Dashpedia... um, We're following along here with the entry for the lab compound with the article there, so go over there and check it out for all the uh, details that we're going to hit upon in this uh, upcoming minute, and some extra stuff as well. Eric! Quiet. Would you stop that? Dr. Grant says this is very dangerous territory.
1: Look, maybe we should split up or something. You know, we could cover twice as much ground... Dr. Grant says that's a bad Dr. idea. Dr. Grant, Dr. Grant says... That... Well, what's the good of hiring an expert if we're not going to use his advice? Yeah, except Dr. Grant isn't looking for Eric. He's looking for the coast. Okay, fine. Go ahead and scream. And then when that tricycle plot attacks you, don't come crying to me.
0: All right. Guys, ready to get into 38? Yes.
2: Yeah.
0: As we end the minute 37 of Jurassic Park 3, Alan and the others had arrived at the Embryonics Administration Building. Paul had called out for Eric, but he was quickly shushed by Amanda. As we open on minute 38, we follow Paul's gaze across to the reception desk, where a telephone sits, covered in moss. Amanda says what the hell and picks it up, but there's no dial tone. Disappointed, she puts the phone back down on the reception desk, and looks about the others as they all start walking past the reception desk, and further into the building. And as they do, Dark shape streaks across the shadows in the background. At the 20 second mark, they walk into the next room and see vending machines lying the walls. Paul Kirby immediately starts digging into his pockets and pulls out some change and says the machines only take quarters. Who's got change? And that he's got about a buck, a buck ten. At the 29 second mark, Billy takes a step forward and kicks a glass at the nearest vending machine, shattering it to pieces, scaring Amanda. He reaches in, grabs a handle, and starts handing them out to the others. As Paul looks on, stunned. At the 42 second mark, he takes a look at the glass, and then gives it a weak kick, and then doubles over in pain. Clearly not the smartest thing to do. Slowly turns, and limps off after the others. At the 51 second mark, we cut to a long hallway, vines hanging from the walls and ceiling. Grant and the men are eating their candy bars, as we start to come out into enormous space. And as the minute ends, Grant and Amanda walk out on the platform with a view over the hatchery production floor, and Grant begins to walk down the stairs. As when last minute, the group had entered the reception area of the Embryonics Administration Building, and Paul had yelled out Eric's name, but Amanda had shushed him. Paul's eyes fall on something, and Amanda follows his gaze as the camera drops down to reveal the telephone sitting on the reception desk. Um, The phone itself, like we've mentioned briefly before, how it, um, it doesn't look like a 1993 vintage phone like we've seen in Jurassic Park. But I do love how it's covered in moss like that, and Mm. definitely looks old.
2: Mm -hmm. I do like that they kind of bring back that moss effect look that they brought in during The Last World, how there was just flecks of moss and mold just kind of splattered all over broken windows and screens and fixtures.
0: Mm. I've done some Googling for (laughs) 90s model phones, and towards sort of 99, 2000, that's when they started getting the big... The big round buttons and the big screens on them, as well, with the sort of caller ID and that stuff, started to come in. So, this is still before that, but it's not quite, not quite '93, but mm. it might be. It might be a little bit of a clue to Maserati coming back in '99, but we can touch on that a little bit later. <laughs> um, yeah. But the phone obviously doesn't work, and Amanda puts it down. You now, I'm no telephone expert, but I'm pretty sure with copper lines and all that stuff, you don't actually need. The only thing you need power for is to tell the other phone that there's a call coming through. Unless there's, like, a main switchboard on the islands. If it's like New Blood, and they obviously only like call out via modem b ninety three as well, and not having, sort of, the radio or the satellite communications that they do now. Yeah. Amanda shakes her head knowing it's a useless idea, but says, what the hell anyway, and walks over and picks the phone up and... Um, as she picks the handpiece up, puts it to E After a second, puts it down back on the desk, knowing that there's no no power and no um, no call going out. And we didn't really touch when they come into the building last minute. But there's these two large. It's all they're almost the same shape as the reception desk, either side of where they walked in. Here. It's it's like they're little information information desks or something. It's just sort of odd here in this um, in this secret place that you're gonna have you're going to be expecting visitors to come into reception probably
1: just to receive uh, workers probably transferring from Costa Rica or from the other islands maybe
2: mm, possibly even dignitaries in a way like right? investors uh, coming to see the fruits of their investments
0: mm-hmm. that too yeah and this this may be our first little tangent. It's um it's interesting in the novels how they um they mentioned that how they use Costa Rican workers in that for the islands back in the day, yet when we come to Jurassic World, a park that big with that many that much staff and you don't see a single Costa Rican native. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. It's, all, it's all privileged white men from America coming down to <laughs> rape the natural land.
2: You can imagine that a park like that would cost a lot to get in and it reminds me a lot of like Disney World, where like you get a lot of a lot of tourists, but most of the people that live in the Orlando area themselves either work for Disney or just work and will would never really be able to afford the park to go to the park
1: hmm. yep that's very true, yep
0: but the uh the group start to walk further into the building here, and um we start to get that ominous music start to play which I do love the part, this part of the school coming through here and into the lab. Um, as they sort of move out of the lobby, we the camera sort of sticks out there and we just get that shadow of the raptor streaking past the window behind them, which is sort of weird. We know this building's elevated up off the ground, especially when we just come from out front, yet here's this raptor <laughs> running past at top speed, seemingly in air. <laughs> I, mean, one, I think they kind
2: of really make an implication that the terrain that the mountain kind of, terminates almost at the foot of the side of the building because I know that they kind of show from the outside more foliage kind of going upwards. I'm not sure if it's jungle or if it's actually a hill of some sort. But Mm -hmm. I know that in the filming location, the hill does terminate at kind of at the uh, side of the building.
0: Yeah, that's one problem between the that cg shot we got of it sitting in the valley compared to the actual set location where that location out the back of the bat lot has that hill that comes down directly into that pool of water that, that's built mm-hmm. on top of so I, I remember when when i when i first saw that um like
1: like really fast dark shadow of the raptor that streaks past the window or whatever um mm-hmm. i had to actually like this is this is before. This is after the theater watch. You know, this is when I had the the movie at home. Um, I remember I had to see that twice because at first I didn't think it was a raptor. I was like, "What is that?" You know, like I didn't see that in the theater, or maybe I just <laughs> you, you guys know from our T Rex episode, where <laughs> it, it I was just not out of it. But um, watching it again at home, I remember like going back like at least twice to see like, "Oh, it is a raptor." Okay. Because at first I was like, what is that? Is that? It... 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 The first time I saw it, I... I almost, for some reason, thought it was a Gallimimus. I was like, okay, why is that scary? <laughs> but then but then I saw it again, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it... it's definitely a raptor. But it's, like, really fast, you know?
0: Maybe, so... it's, a... Maybe it's a meat-eating
1: Gallimimus. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I had a...
1: Hey, it could be like the ones from uh, from Land Before Time. <laughs> yeah. they were they were really after those eggs and then they were like we'll we'll eat these little baby dinosaurs too yeah. <laughs> remember those guys the thieves uh, yeah yeah well, well, that was that was land before time 2 i think right uh yeah. yeah getting out of the valley i think it was called uh uh-huh. yeah it's been a while <laughs> Oh, I, I had that movie, that's why I know it. Like, I didn't have the first one. I saw the first one, but I never had it. I had the second one for some reason, and that one I saw, like, all the time.
2: I had them all up until, I think, 7. 7 is where I started getting too old to like
1: them. <laughs> oh, that's why. Now I know why I had that one. Because, uh, Chomper, the T-Rex. Oh, yeah, the baby T-Rex. Mm-hmm, that's why. Now I remember. <laughs>
2: Anyway. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. I will say, I, I agree with Jay, where I did not realize that this was a raptor in the theater. It wasn't until I watched it repeti- re- repetitiously on home release that I realized, oh, has right, a raptor. And the one of the things that clued me in was the leitmotif, the little flute slide whistle mm-hmm. they have that and use whenever they... um. Whenever
0: the raptors were around. Mm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that is a very much a blink and you miss it. But like it's it, it's, it's it fast ahead than what they do when they get out in the the plane in a couple of minutes time after those hadrosaurs. But it's. Um... I like
1: that they used that though. It was a little kind of like horror movie ish. You know, they, mm-hmm. they like you know like when you watch a horror movie and, and all of a sudden in the the background something just moves real quick and if you don't really mm-hmm. pay attention you don't catch it. Yeah, I was watching a, uh, hereditary last night, oh, and there was, like, wild. scenes like, yeah, I, there were scenes like that, like, in the background, mm-hmm. and if you don't really pay attention, you're like, oh, oh, what is that, you know? But, yeah, so, yeah, you know
2: um... You got about that movie was the head. Oh. I was yeah, not expecting
1: it. <laughs> that movie was, was crazy. It was. I, I think some of our younger fans, please don't watch that movie until you're older. <laughs> that movie's... No. <laughs> Um, anyway, sorry, but it's,
2: unless you're like a hardcore horror fan, because that was, yeah,
1: yeah, very, very hardcore horror, but yeah, it's something like that, like, uh, I like that they use an element like that, because if you really think about it in the other movies, was there a scene like that in, in, in TLW and, um, JP?
0: I don't think there was a scene, but there's something. The only thing you probably compare it to in JP is the raptor shadow coming across the mural. Um, just saw that, yeah, that illusion that yeah. there's a raptor there. You, you can't actually see it yet, but you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it's raptors, not as
1: like quick, and you know, yeah, like yeah. you you notice it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So and the raptors in the um in Lost World, you only see really the them coming through the grass at the hunters, right? and that
1: one that one right there you can compare it to, yeah,
0: yeah. because it's it's kind
1: of because there's lots of people that don't see that. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean I've watched that scene with um, different friends and and uh, they don't see it unless they're, like, really paying attention. And I'm like, look, just look at the field. And then they're like, oh, 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 look at that. Mm-hmm. And you, you see them because it's very slight. Like, you have to really look. Because you, you're so concentrated on the guys just moving through the field, you don't notice those lines being
0: made by raptors, mm.
1: you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, and then once
0: they once get to the worker village, it's just over the suburban and straight on Sarah's back. There's no... <laughs> There's no warning whatsoever. Like even the mm-hmm. music's playing sl- slowly and softly until that happens, and it just Yeah, and then up. you got
1: the the, the Congo drums. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so great. It is. It's but yeah, but I
1: I do like that. Um, if you really look at JP3 as a whole, um, they do try to implement a lot of like horror type of um uh, situations in this movie. Kind of like how we always kind of say the Spinosaurs is almost like a like a. You know, like, one of those horror villains that just keep appearing, like, uh, Michael Myers or, uh, Freddy that just always is constantly going after this group, you know? Um, and having the Raptors, like, kind of just pass by real quick like that is a very, like, horror-ish implement in the movie, which is good, you know what I mean? That's, that's cool. That's something new, you know?
0: Yeah, yep. Uh, definitely. Um, as a, um... The group sort of split up here and take they take two paths around the back of this reception desk and the main um, this would have been where the uh, mural for Jurassic Park would have been in the Lost World and we don't really see the detail here but you only see it sort of looking in through the front doors from out in the car park but you got the game the big Ingen sign or logo on the uh, this wall behind the reception desk and um, it's got technologies. Under it, so it's Ingen Technologies mm-hmm. here, which is yet again another version of what we're calling this company, and still no, um, still no mention of the full name in the film at all or the, the franchise. Because mm-hmm. we we sort of talked at the end of the Lost World minute where we got Hammond coming on to do the um, interview and it's former head of Ingen Bioengineering. So again, it's not Ingen doesn't seem to be an abbreviation for anything; it's just their name. The, yeah, it's maybe just um, maybe when it was
1: first conceived, the the company it, it might have had like uh, a full name like that. But you know how sometimes you go through marketing and marketing will decide a name that really sticks and really hits with people. Mm-hmm. So maybe they just like shorten it down, re- rebranded and left it as that. That's kind of like what they're doing right now with Jurassic Park. Um, mm-hmm. Universal's rebranding it to just Jurassic World, yeah, which. Yeah. I, I get what they're doing, but uh I I it's a little uh disheartening. It is. You I know, it,
2: just, especially just when them, you see pictures pop up of um them the ride. doing
1: the ride in um yeah. what is it? Yeah, and it you know I, I I saw them yeah I saw that one picture um uh, the Chris from Jurassic Outpost posted up of the of the gates and the letters on the gate, on the, the big gate of Jurassic Park down and mm-hmm. oh man, and all I kept seeing when I was looking at that picture was seeing um, Jeff Goldblum and Spielberg uh, like lighting up the torch, you know? Mm-hmm. When yep. when they opened the ride and just seeing it be dismantled it hurt <laughs> it, it literally hurt so nice. I I, so I just saw one
2: scene where they had scaffolding around the entire
1: sign—it looks like they're gonna dismantle the entire thing now. Oh man, it it, it hurts, man. You know, what I mean, like I get it as a marketing point, and that's where they're going with this. But uh, eh, you know, so probably that's what they did. Um, Ingen probably started as a different name or a full name, and then somebody—the uh, marketing team came in, hey, let's let's abbreviate it, make it smaller, rebrand it, and. It, you know pe- that name will stick in people's minds, which, if you think about it, it does because we all know it, and yeah. and if, and if, it rolls off the tongue better it, instead yep. of saying international genetics, you know, instead of saying that whole thing, which we kind of that's the name we assume it is, right? Or yeah. is it?
0: Well, that's not. So, yeah, that's a novel thing, yeah, so. the novel.
1: Yeah. Okay, so like if we go, it's easier to go InGen instead of international te- genetics, you know, it's just. It, so, because in branding and in marketing, if uh, uh, especially you know how I, you guys know that I deal with art, it, like lots of things, it's it has to be quick and it has to it has to capture capture the person's mind fast. Yeah. And when you go into like uh, like stores and and fat, fast food places. It's always a name that's that sticks to you. And then in commercials, all that same thing It has to be within seconds to catch your mind. And especially how people, uh, you know, their attention span is not (laughs) the best. So like you have to catch a person's attention quick. So something like that, I feel that that's why they, they lessen the name made it this way i know i went on a tangent but uh, you know no, i mean it's right.
0: like I've, I've got a i've got an apple macintosh phone here though <laughs> like, it's not apple macintosh anymore and even no IBM, it's nice just apple like that yeah so it does happen and like even here if that mirror the, like the signing on the wall it's still in gen technology so mm-hmm. the technologies are still there it does make me wonder if they had were doing other things here apart from just creating dinosaurs if you got the investment in this research station uh, Probably maybe, maybe the reason that phone doesn't look like a '93 phone is because they made it themselves. Something they're doing something between Jurassic Park and The Lost World that kept Ingen afloat. Like there's there's other stuff it's not touched in the films, but there's other stuff they've got to be doing.
1: Well, if we go into a little bit of headcanon, which uh takes us into a crazy tangent, but I'm not going to go too crazy with it. Um, if you go by the toys, we have we have animals like. T- um, Dimetrodon, which is a you know it's not even a dinosaur it's a primitive mammal like reptile from back in the day, um you, you know we go we got the pterosaurs the pteranodon so it's like they were they were branching out into different animals in, like the toy line but of course the toy line is is a complete head compared mm-hmm. to the actual movie but let's just say they were doing experiments like that and they were doing they were going not only just uh, Mesozoic animals but they were going into you know Cenozoic, getting um, maybe mammal-like reptiles. I mean, uh, mammals, prehistoric mammals or something. Or even as much as you know, I, I don't. I'm not entirely happy with the whole cloning aspect. Aspect sometimes, but um, even that too. You know, who knows what they were doing there? Those. Are, once we get into the lab, we just see a bunch. It, it, we assume it was all dinosaurs but who knows you know <laughs> yeah
0: well we'll get get to those eggshells and incubators next next minute um, mm-hmm. yeah. oh whoops
1: <laughs> i ruined it for the next minute
0: <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no spoilers for this film it's, Sarah, sorry sorry listeners years old now. <laughs> uh, but moving right. on that wall um we get a couple of old vending machines and a water cooler and this is um, this area is in the Lost World where Ian would have led the survivors out past the mirror and out to the back door in the helipad. So if the camera actually turned to the opposite wall here, you'd see the back of the building. Um, um, Paul looks at one of the machines and starts digging into his pockets, asking who's got change, and the machine only takes quarters. I've got a buck, a buck ten, which, how's he got a dollar ten in his pocket?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: Especially in change, like you'd think that'd be the first thing to fall out of his pockets when you're getting tossed around inside the airplane. And
2: um, <laughs> not only that, he he just saw that the phones don't work, and he still is like, oh, maybe the vending machines do. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it, 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 yeah, gotcha. they just they just trying to present how, how I don't know how how ridiculous Paul's character is in this movie.
0: <laughs> it is. Yeah. No? And, and even if it's um, it might be a, a a like a um analog mechanism for the coins to go in, and the um the candy bars or whatever to drop out. But the fact that mm-hmm. it's the power is there either to refrigerate or um and all that sort of thing. But it sort of it makes it hard. I, I tried to date these vending machines, but without seeing a brand or a logo on them, it's it's near impossible, and it doesn't really matter in the long run. But beside him, Billy takes a step back and then comes forward and kicks the front of the vending machine glass out that he's standing in front of. And I wonder if Amanda or um, Tia only was told he was going to do that because she gets startled a lot. She like, she nearly jumps and does the old cat hanging from the ceiling here <laughs> as, <laughs> as Billy comes forward and kicks his glass out. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, Billy reaches in and grabs a handful of what can only be assumed as candy bars Um and walks off, throws a bar to Udesky, and he must give one to Amanda and Grant, because they're both eating one in the next scene, but also, here you can see, there's another big painting of a mural, or um, photo on the wall behind Udesky, but it's a lot darker, and a lot hard to see what it is, but it's it's just interesting, that there's a lot of lot of things hanging on the wall in this building, artwork, or photos of different aspects of the park, or that sort of thing.
2: You just skipped over the best part. What's that? When Paul Kirby goes and uh, tries to kick the uh, cannon machine he's at, he finds out it's not glass, it's plastic.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, I, was, I was getting doing it, somewhere. <laughs> oh, no, there is, yeah, Okay, yeah. Um,
1: there
0: you go. Yeah, well, that's, that's it. Like, they sort of walk off and Paul sits there and goes, oh, well, I can do this too. And I wonder if it's, if, if or do we think he just didn't kick hard enough because he's bit of a wimp or is it the fact that it's a different type of vending machine maybe there's there's drinks in this so it needs to be refrigerated no glass
2: uh, i was thinking different kind of I, vending machine
0: i think it's a plastic it's plastic yeah well you think it was flex. in <laughs> um,
1: yeah, yeah. And he walks away with his hurt
0: foot. <laughs> <laughs> He's, uh, he sort of groans and stands back up after him because he can't, like bends over. <laughs> he, oh.
1: he really is the comedy relief in this movie. Yeah,
0: yep. Yeah. Um, which sort of <laughs> brings up the question, too. We're now um, eight years after the evacuation. I know chocolate itself won't really necessarily go off in that time. Won't necessarily go off in that time, but if it's got wafers or caramel and nuts or that sort of stuff in it, then that stuff might get mouldy and and go off if it's um, no longer sealed. But that's sort of one of those one of those things we didn't see in Lost World, but we did see it in the sort of novel there, um, and even later when we get to Eric and the water truck. There's a lot of being able to eat f- preserved food that's been in cans or wrapped up after a certain mm-hmm. amount of time.
2: Well, canned foods do last a long, long time. That's kind of why they're the staple in um, bomb shelters yeah. and stuff.
0: Yeah, I Doomsday Preppers. Yeah, I was I was watching that the other day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> the radiant system, man. Oh my.
2: Candy, candy bars like especially chocolate bars are gonna melt in the tropical heat. So they're not exactly they're not exactly the go-to.
1: Survival. Yeah. Basically, after they ate those candy bars, they're probably, you know, not in the movie, but uh, a lot of them were probably, uh, you know, hitting the outhouse out in the jungle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah. uh, no, one, no one's looking for a banana leaf lighter on. <laughs> but There's, there, plenty leaves, are... <laughs> There's plenty of leaves, though.
1: plenty of leaves.
0: Well, Grant can tear his shirt sleeves off. Of
1: <laughs> oh! <laughs>
0: Oh um, man! There's, there's also the obvious question too. Is we got vending machines here now? Did they have someone come on island with their little van with all the uh, ree to refill them every couple of weeks, or and take the money away? Like it seems to be um, a going trend mm-hmm. here, where the people creating these sort of things don't realise what a remote facility entails or what the word remote means. Like again, if this was your local mechanic or something, yes, you'd have a reception desk there, you'd have um, vending machines, all that sort of stuff for people that have to wait or eat or whatever else. And if you're going to assume, okay, well, everyone that works here sleeps at the worker village, so it must be where the kitchen is and there, it might not be a cafeteria or anything here, because unfortunately you don't get any sign of that. I, again, I don't think lab techs are going to yeah. sitting there eating a candy bar.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well... Maybe they did have good, re, like, refilling systems, because uh, you remember the, um, the vending machines in Jurassic Park where Nedry probably emptied those out <laughs> every day. <laughs> they, they probably had, like, a good refilling system. They're like, oh, Nedry got to the vending machines. Call them up again. <laughs> you know, well, so... Then, who, uh,
0: then you just you just need more park staff to sit there. Like You need staff to refill vending machines. Uh, you know, on you... call.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But if those two are the only vending machines in your own, like, we've never seen any in the operations building. Like, you've got two vending machines here in the lab for someone's going to come and constantly restock.
1: They have a... They, who knows? Maybe they got, like, a, a special contract with M&M um, with Mars. And... <laughs> <laughs> on a
0: secret research site. <laughs> it's Snickers. <laughs> they have, to, they have to sign an NDA, NDA before they go there now. He, he gets back on... Oh, well, they flew me from San Jose or or San Diego down to refill the candy machine come back you never get exactly
1: that. <laughs> there's there's only one guy on the staff team that does that everybody else just refills like regular office buildings well you're off on your three-day trip yeah gotta re- go refill those machines all right yeah, why you why do you always take those that m16 with you oh you have no idea <laughs> 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 I deal with really big dogs
0: <laughs> oh yeah, you get to the machine, all the red lights are on, out of order, out of product. And where's Barry? Oh, he's been gone, but he's on a week's vacation. <laughs> no one planned to stay behind and reload oh, the vending machines. Okay. Anyway, that's, again, that's bringing nitpicking down to an extreme.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's it's a good point, though. You know, it, it, It's, like it's... That's, that's
0: little... the little kind of thing I expect in Jurassic Park San Diego, not... And it, even when... Nedry said he's going to check the vending machines. We never actually see vending machines in the movie, <laughs> so maybe maybe
1: they expected that um, the business. It, yes, it was a secretive business at the at that point, but maybe they expected over time it was going to become. You know, um, Jurassic Park is their their showroom, so the world can see what they're doing, and over time Sorna would become, you know, this this place where they can show the world that this is where we create the technology of the future and mm-hmm. jurassic park is our proof so if you believe in what we can do in jurassic park um sorna is the facility where you can bring your ideas and we can bring your ideas to life so it yeah. maybe over time they felt like that was going to be the the central hub of um cloning and genetics technology for the world you know mm. So and
0: yeah, and that's the biggest problem we have here is just the fact that they were shut down before they really got going. They <laughs> they were able to make a batch of animals to populate the park. They were able to make some more infants that didn't quite get to the park. They were released on this island, and that's where that's where it ended.
1: Because what we got to remember is that, that Hammond was a visionary. You know, he he saw this, um, and he ran with it, and he created. You know, not him and well. If you go by Fallen Kingdom, it was him and um, that other guy. I uh, what was his Lockwood. name? Lockwood. Lockwood. There you go, Lockwood. That created this idea to be to make this park. So you have to be a visionary to see this ahead of time. So he was probably in 1993. He was already looking at 2003. He was looking off to the future. So probably that's why we this facility was the way it was built up, so that like it. it like they had the the visitors um not the visitors the the workers village they had people already living there they're like oh this um you guys get what I'm going at yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. he saw ahead of time where how this business can grow and that's probably why we have and it's funny cuz we're going off a tangent off vending machines but just it goes to show you like <laughs> that's probably where they were going with this you know yep and also, they know, had the the reception okay.
0: desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Well, that's it. Once the park was operational, maybe maybe VIPs would be coming here, and especially if you're going to start um, expanding to Europe and Japan and all that, you're going to want to show um, investors and exactly what's going on to um, mm-hmm. sort of to, to to promote and to get funds to keep building, keep building parks and keep making these animals. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, as we said before, Paul starts limping away, um, in pain, and I just love here, again, like, just to see corridors with all the vines hanging from the roof. Um, interesting thing too is they, they head down, they sort of head away to the left of the vending machines, which is the complete opposite way of where the rest of the buildings extend from the Embryonics Administration in that wide CG shot, like, here they're just heading out the back corner (laughs) and be going back out into the jungle, but it's, um... That's just a little thing I noticed anyway. But We we cut to the group and they're walking down another section of this corridor, um, assuming the office, officers on either side of the corridor like we got in the novel. You can see some doors there, again, more art on the walls and vines hanging down through these sort of big circular skylights in the roof. Um, also, sort of a weird, weird uh, light fixtures here. We've seen them out in the um, reception area as well, just sort of like the double almost like a little chandelier double circle cones for light fixtures which is sort of weird yeah I thought that
2: was a and um, they're like a um they're almost a like a skylight in a way hmm Yeah. hmm yeah
0: maybe something else InGen was making <laughs>
1: um <laughs> a new business venture yeah yeah making yeah, lights all... for your
0: house what if what if Paul Kirby's business started as InGen Paint and Tile Plus?
1: <laughs> oh man, is he
0: he was the one providing the light bulbs.
1: Yeah. For yeah. That's like uh was that? Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be Six Degrees of Jurassic Park. How everybody is somehow <laughs> really somehow had some type of hand in, in creating Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> it, Paul Kirby was the one that provided light bulbs for the entire park. (laughs) Uh,
0: But as the group's walking down the um, corridor here, the camera starts to pull back, and you see Grant and Amanda and that are all um, eating candy bars or whatever Whatever they got from that vending machine. But as they continue to pull back, you can sort of see a set of doors here that are off their hinges as the uh, group come out on an elevated platform. And um, there's some stairs leading down to the production floor below and we sort of get the start of that flute, softer music um, play here as they enter this sort of massive space. But as the minute ends, Grant begins to step down the stairs. We don't actually get to the production floor this minute. Anything else there you want to discuss before we get into script notes briefly?
1: Mm, no, I think good. I'm good.
0: No, all, all, all good. Um, in the script, it continues much the same as what the film does when they get to the vending machines Pull. Pulls out some change and he's got a um, dollar seventy-five, not a buck ten. Which, okay, they changed
2: that. Well, it probably makes more sense because dollar seventy-five would probably get you most things in that vending machine. A dollar ten wouldn't. Then again, I remember being a kid and everything in the vending machine back in like the early two thousands and the nineties was like a dollar ten. You know, fifties. That was yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) That was going to be my next question. Like he says in the film, that it only takes quarters. Back in 1993, if that's when the machines were put there, how much is a candy bar? Is a candy bar only a quarter? Mm-hmm. Like, is he just trying to pull money here so they can get as much as they can out of the machine? Or, God, I don't think there'd be anything in there. There'd be like a buck seventy-five or a dollar ten.
1: I remember in 93. I think I could, uh... I could buy like a, things like a Kit Kat for like twenty. Twenty thirty something cents, like under I think it was like under fifty. Yeah. Because I remember uh, I can't remember exactly when it was, but I remember I went to buy a Kit Kat or Starburst and I was like <laughs> complete completely perplexed when they were like, It's like a dollar something, I'm like what? I don't know. I, remember- <laughs> I just
2: remember that too being a kid and then all of a sudden one day the candy bar, like it was a I think it was a butterfinger. All of a sudden one day it became a dollar and I'm
1: like, wait, when did this happen? I was like, Are your is your bazooka gum still five cents, please? <laughs> like <laughs> that's the only thing I can afford right now. Do you have bazooka gum? No, we don't sell that anymore. Okay. I will take my business elsewhere, sir. Like it, it, <laughs> it, it's just it's crazy how the like the inflation on candy bars just got crazy. Uh yeah. so maybe he could have bought like a lot for what he had in his pocket but uh now it actually
0: costs that now it costs a lot well that's yeah yeah yeah, and that's it sort of alludes to it sort of makes it look like he's trying to pull money so they can get one thing but in yeah in reality he's probably just trying to pull money so they can get as much yeah anybody now watching it is is probably like
1: oh he's just gonna get one candy bar what was that gonna do but back then probably gave a, a, a good amount of stuff you know, a bag of chips now seventy
0: yeah, oh, five cents. 5 dollars! Oh insane. man, a six hundred mil bottle of Coke oh. for Just, <laughs> just go to the supermarket and buy it. In yeah, bulk. basically. <laughs> don't don't use vending machines. Yeah. Um, but uh, Billy kicks the machine picks out some candy bars and uh, chips, and he checks the expiration date and says, "Thank God for the <laughs> which. Okay, they're <laughs> making a little bit of a, a comment there as to, okay, we can eat this stuff. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know if I should
2: make that crack um, earlier we are talking about it during that minute itself. <laughs> 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 it is true.
0: <laughs> but uh, as I approach what's described as a hatching laboratory, um, there's a large ramp here, not a staircase that they walk down to the floor. But uh, in the novel, after a man to put the phone down, she Paul yells, oh, "Oh my gosh, food and points to a pair of vending machines standing at the um end of a long vine covered hallway. Uh, he starts f- frantically pulling change out of his pockets and says i got a buck seventy five how about you guys and Billy watches it with a frown, then simply smashes out the window of both machines with his boots so interesting he kicks out both machines, so they must really raid <laughs> raid these machines for food in the uh, in the novelization, but um Grant says we can eat later and Billy hands out the candy bars and snacks um, and Grant continues, we need to look for weapons and communication equipment, so Grant's definitely here for a purpose, where the Kirby's sort of in the film are looking for Eric um, in the novelisation, he wants he wants to find weapons and he wants to find something he can use to communicate to uh, get help in there, which makes sense especially when they've just left the raptor nest guess, <laughs> you're looking for, you for, for your raptor looking. nest. <laughs> yeah Yeah, And maybe it's just because the Raptor turns up next minute they never get a chance to search because as we said last minute with that um, looking down at the compound from above you can clearly see the radio antenna out the back so there'd have to be some sort of radio communications much like we've seen in the operations building even if it's just on-island communications there must be something there but unfortunately they never get to it Udeski adds we need to make this place secure which is sort of him, again, acting as that mercenary mm-hmm. booking agent, sort of taking what he's learnt in the past and going, well, we need, <laughs> yeah, we need weapons and communications, but if we're going to hold up here and this might, again, be sort of a little holdover from the rumoured overnight stay in the building but but that's when Alan and Billy lead the group as they explore the rest of the building. Uh, Alan pushes through a set of doors and they find themselves in a cavernous hatching facility. Uh, much of the equipment, the same as what Alan's seen on Issa Nublar with... Uh, but the sheer size of what confronted him now dwarfed the facilities on the other island. So, again, yeah, the novel does a lot of comparing uh, what Alan sees to what he's seen back in uh, his visits to Jurassic Park. And as they get to the bottom of the ramp, Alan, Alan notices a large freezer. It's plugged, plug being pulled years ago. Um, and all the incubators are described as being empty as well. There's none that have actually got yeah. eggs in, but we'll, um, we'll see more of that next minute. Which, which sort of makes sense, but, again, we'll talk about that next minute. And the man approaches one of the formaldehyde tanks, and it's actually got raptors, a sign on it saying raptor, which, again, we'll get to that when we see that head floating mm-hmm. in that tank. But um, that's it for 38. Anything else you guys want to add before we get heavy for the day? No, I'm good. Thank yeah, too. All right. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is Jurassic Minutes. WordPress.com, and you can find the Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh,
2: Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast.
0: Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best
1: intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? Uh, this is how. If we split up,
2: I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now, what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less.
1: Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get on to Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance?
2: No force on earth or heaven could get me on that island. Your deskie. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! It's the, it's the dinosaur man! Okay.